Welcome to Automotive Insiders, the podcast series presented by OESA, the Original Equipment Suppliers Association. You'll hear from automotive industry experts on the critical issues that are impacting the mobility landscape. Get actionable insights on how to thrive in Automotive 2.0. Now, here's your Automotive Insiders host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to Automotive Insiders, presented by OESA. Go to OESA.org. That's the Original Equipment Suppliers Association. Lots of great information there. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, happy to be hosting another podcast episode of Automotive Insiders. And I'm speaking again today. I recently had the pleasure of meeting Marcus Biederstein and John Manica. They're back with me today. And we have an interesting topic that impacts everybody everywhere around the world. So listen up. We're going to be talking about carbon footprint calculation, auto supplier near-term expectations. Now that's a loaded title. There's a lot to unpack there. Let me give you a little more before I ask my two guests to introduce themselves. The automotive industry, as we know, is dramatically changing. Come on, we're talking about e-mobility. We're talking about autonomous driving. We're talking about electric cars. We're talking about car sharing, ride sharing, all kinds of forms of transportation involving automotive. Innovation is taking place at all levels of the industry everywhere around the world. As we see the world changing, one concern is impacting the automotive vehicle industry above, possibly above all the others, carbon footprint. We've been talking about this for years, but it's getting more important now. What is the regulatory impact in Europe and around the globe? What is the expected impact on the North American vehicle market? We're going to be talking about things like VDACO2. I don't know what that is, but I'm going to learn along with you. It will become a required element in supplier selection. In addition to, come on, we're always talking about price. We're always talking about quality. We're always talking about risk. And now we're talking about lead time. So I am going to proudly introduce my two guests, Marcus Biederstein. Welcome back. We spoke a couple of weeks ago. Happy to have you back. Why don't you introduce yourself to our audience, Marcus, in case Somebody doesn't know who you are. Shame on them. So why don't you tell them, and how did you get involved in automotive, and and what's your passion for this topic? Marcus, welcome. Thank you. My name is Marcus Wiederstein. I'm managing director of Polaris Partner, working for 20 years in the consulting business, mainly in the area of cost optimization, process optimization. Uh, prior to that, uh, a couple of years for Porsche in the uh, purchasing and cost management, uh, and uh, prior to that for a tier one supplier in uh, project management and as a manufacturing engineer. So I know the automotive uh, industry from, from different angles, um, and I am a mechanical engineer. Marcus, do you remember your first car or your first driving experience? Yes, it was a, a VW Golf. Oh, a, really? A, a diesel car, which you probably uh, don't know in the U.S., a diesel. No, I don't. And wh- what country was this? And, and do you know the year? Do you remember? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is a pop question, by the way, to our listeners. We didn't rehearse this one. We didn't plan it. So I didn't mean to catch you unaware. I'm going to drive away from that topic. Thank you, Marcus. And John Monica, we'd love to have you introduce yourself to the same people who didn't remember who Marcus is. Shame on them. Let's re-meet John Monica. John, go ahead. Thank you, Bonnie. Um, so my name is John Monica. I work for Siemens uh, Digital Industry Software. 
My role is portfolio development executive for team center product cost management, a costing software, traditionally a bottom-up costing tool. Um, I got my start in the automotive industry well over 30 years ago, uh, grew up in the Detroit area. So it was a natural evolution for me to enter the industry. I've worked at many different levels of the industry from uh, roles in finance, manufacturing, process improvement. Um, and somehow I've morphed my way into cost, product cost. So that's what brings us here today. John, first car, first driving experience, age, year, country, car. So you want to go year? Um, a 1975 Buick Electra 225. <laughs> I knew I cars. liked you. What color was yours? It was uh, uh, gold brown, I think the color was. I, I'm shocked and amazed. My parents, my dad, who was a, a radiologist at MD, drove a midnight blue Electra 225. And when my parents, it was a boat, right? The thing was oh, yeah. huge, big and gorgeous and beautiful upholstery, beautiful appointments inside. It was a luxury car. And when my parents took a trip to Europe, I think they, I was a high school senior. They allowed me to drive the car to school. High school was oh, about five miles away and actually to pick up a couple of my friends on the way. So I arrived at Bayside High School in style. What do you think of that, John? Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Good, solid 10 and a half miles per gallon, right? At, at the most, not the least, at the most. But back in those days, did we care about that, John? No, not at all. And were we talking about carbon footprint back in those days, Marcus? We're not. No? I guess not. <laughs> what, what did we know? We were eating red meat. We were eating too many eggs. People were smoking. We were doing all kinds of things that we're told now are not good for us in the planet. And that's my intro, my segue. Thank you, John, for the memory. I've, I've thought about that in years. Let's talk about carbon footprint calculation, auto supplier near-term expectations. Marcus, I'm going to start with you. Please help us understand the consequence of carbon footprint for OEMs and suppliers. Marcus, you're up. Yeah, so um, uh, the, in, in the future, definitely there, there will be a demand from the OEM side to, to the supplier that uh, they will capture the complete carbon footprint of, an, uh, of a vehicle. And uh, that means that the OEMs have to understand the entire supply chain from the raw material, uh, all the value add processes on the supplier side and uh, the associated uh, log logistics. And uh, what does it mean for both OEMs and the supplier? They need the abil ability to calculate the CO2 footprint in the parts and the associated supply chain. And this, uh, this is definitely a huge challenge uh, because uh, the prerequisites for the energy mix uh, is quite different across the globe. While China's power comes mostly out of uh, dirty coal-fired power plants, the energy in the US and in Western Europe uh, becomes green, but for sure uh, more expensive. And uh, the OEMs and the supplier need to define a standard and a tool or a software uh, to calculate uh, the CO2 footprint. And uh, then the CO2 footprint can be balanced uh, with the cost or a price for components. And uh, this is usually a good news for local suppliers because low cost uh, uh, won't be the only nomination criteria in the future because it, it will be a trade-off between the cost and uh, the carbon footprint. Thank you, Marcus. Good introduction. Good overview of our topic. John, Monica, let's pick your brain on this. What do you see? 
Yeah, I completely agree with Marcus. It's it's coming. It may not be here in North America today, but it is coming in the near future. This requirement. So in it. So what we've done at Siemens is we've put a carbon footprint calculator in the cost tool to do exactly what Marcus just uh, just said, which is to be able to calculate the carbon footprint of a part with all its component parts, its manufacturing process, um, a system that can do sensitivity analysis, moving it around the world, moving it moving the part maybe within the United States even, right? But you have to balance that against cost. You have to do trade-off against cost and carbon footprint. But that expectation is going to be there in the future. It is in Europe. So suppliers will need to be able to report carbon footprint as they're providing quotations. So again, the natural evolution for us was to combine carbon footprint with a cost tool and make sure they're, they're located in the same place so that sensitivity analysis can be run. How do we define sensitivity analysis? Is this something that engineers have to calculate something? I don't know what the measurement tools are for carbon footprint. Can you just enlighten us, John? Sure. It may not be engineers. It may be a, a different different functional groups within an organization. But again, you, a sensitivity analysis in this regard could be anything from, should we use this material or this material? Because the carbon footprint's higher on one, but the price goes way up with that as well, too. So it's. I, I think it's going to lead to a lot more collaboration between customers and suppliers, OEMs and, and tier one suppliers specifically, because they'll be able to make decisions balancing the two cost and carbon footprint. So that sort of sensitivity analysis, it could be um, like Marcus alluded to as well. Do we source this part to China or, or overseas to a low cost country, or do we make it here in our own backyard? And what is the impact on carbon footprint of doing that? And again, you're doing that sensitivity analysis trade-off between what's right for the the OEM in this case or the vehicle itself, right? I hope that clears that up. Yeah, it does. Thank you very much. I want our listeners to be able to dive a little deeper in this and know more. Marcus, let's get more comments from you. What do you think about this tool and the analysis? I think uh, the, the the tool uh, which uh, John is describing is a, is a very good mix, uh, uh, combining uh, the, the the cost analysis with the CO2 footprint uh, analysis, and uh, it has to be v- uh, variable for the future because a lot of things will change in five years' time. The energy mix in the US uh, looks uh, different as of today. Same in, uh, in, in Europe and uh, hopefully also the, the Asian uh, CO2 f- uh, footprint will change uh, because uh, when, when you see all the pictures, uh, the, the, the air pollution is, uh, is absolutely uh, worse in, in Asia and, and all these uh, topics have to be considered uh, in, in the supply chain and the evaluation of these supply chains. Thank you very much, both. Any parting words? I'm going to go to John first. John, anything you want to advise people in terms of when they're picking a car? And by the way, John, 2025, fast forward, will you still be driving your own car? We you think you'll be ride sharing? Will you have keys in your pocket? Will it be in your driveway or your garage? John? may not have keys in the pocket, but I will be driving a via, uh, car. It yes. won't, be, won't be a vintage Buick Electra 225, will it? Uh, I could only wish, but no, probably will not be. <laughs> Marcus, what about you? Forward to 2025, will you be driving or will you be a passenger in? I think we we still will be drive uh, the car. Uh, not sure whether we still have a key in the pocket. Maybe it's a mobile phone as a key. 
<laughs> okay. There, years ago, I started a, a radio show for SAP called The Future of Cars with Game Changers. And the gentleman who passed away about a year or two later, Larry Stoley at SAP, used to talk about one day soon, humans will become cargo in vehicles. Uh, Interesting perspective. He didn't say entertainment enjoying passengers in the backseat or talking into a computer that is autonomously driving the car. He said, we will be the cargo. I thought that was interesting. But backseat passengers may feel that way already. John, any closing parting words about the importance of carbon? Uh, Just the areas of focus. I just want to dwell on just for a second, which is, when you talk about carbon footprint, it's more than just a, the footprint of the part. You've got to look at the manufacturing process. You also have to look at raw materials and purchase parts as well, and logistics. So it's all encompassing when you're when you're talking about carbon footprint. It can't just be one specific area. That's all. Good to know, Marcus. Any closing words? Yeah, uh, everyone should have uh, that that topic on the agenda because that comes part of the 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 supplier nomination in the future for, for OEMs. That will be in criteria beside cost, quality, and risks. Thank you very much. I want to say my appreciation to both of you, appreciation to Adam Slayman at OESA for scheduling this with me and to Ted Mabley. Hands together for Ted Mabley for introducing us to Marcus and John and doing such a good job. And by the way, if you're enjoying this podcast and learning from Marcus and John, go to the OESA Automotive Insiders page on voiceamerica.com and look for our previous conversation about RFQ process, addressing supplier timing constraints through process improvement supported new cost calculation tool. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Thank you so much for listening. Hope we have informed, educated, inspired, and maybe even entertained you a little bit. Signing off for Automotive Insiders presented by OESA. Go to OESA.org. A lot of good things happening. Everybody wave goodbye. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Automotive Insiders, presented by OESA. Listen at your convenience to industry thought leaders as they discuss the ever-evolving industry and how companies can thrive in the new mobility landscape. All episodes are on demand on the Voice America Business Channel and at OESA.org. Automotive Insider is presented by the Original Equipment Suppliers Association.